Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thanks for being here. On this episode, we're going to hear a panel discussion from our last summit, where we have uh, one of our startup startups that we actually invested in, uh, Solo Funds, and they're going to talk about startup lessons from accelerating. Uh, and they're you know going to be joined by somebody that has been accelerating startups through the TechStars network, Lisa Mitchell. So we're going to have Travis Holloway and Rodney Williams of a portfolio company called Solo Funds, along with Lisa Mitchell. She's formerly of TechStars and now is a new role over at High Alpha Innovation. Congrats, Lisa. We really appreciate you being an ally for so many years and uh, a judge and working with us at the start of the year and can't wait to have you here on the session. All right. So this crew is going to talk about um, solo funds and how they're helping people, but also are one of the fastest growing fintech companies out there. And uh, also some startup tips and lessons learned along the way. So got a lot of, a lot of great knowledge and experiences and can't wait to hear, hear from them here. All right. So before we jump in, though, we're going to continue on our, our segment where we actually are shining a light on a company in our community. And today it's going to be a company called Blue Recruit. Blue Recruit is a direct hire marketplace for skilled trade workers who want to build their career and the companies desperate for their talent. They remove the inefficiencies of resumes and job posts and focus on their skills and experiences that matter. So if you want to learn more, if this sounds interesting to you, just go over to bluerecruit.us. Again, it's bluerecruit.us and learn more right away. All right, now let's jump into the conversation with Travis Holloway, Rodney Williams, and Lisa Mitchell. Take it away. Rodney and Travis, um, founders of Solo Fund. And I know we have a short period of time and an amazing company, so I have no idea how we're gonna push the learnings in here. Um, and former winners of um, this competition. So let's jump right in. I mean, I met you guys when you were super early and um, now you're you know, making millions of dollars a year. So give us a little hint, both in terms of where Solo Fund started um, you don't have to go into your why, but your solo fund started and, you know, how you got from there to here. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hello everyone. Um, Rodney Williams, obviously co-founder alongside Travis. Uh, we, I like to say our simple start story. Uh, we both had this pain point amongst our friends and family, uh, needing access to, to capital. It was $50 for gas. It was $200 for a utility bill. Um, when we started to dive in deeper into that problem, it was a much bigger problem than we ever imagined. And that was the premise for, for, for Solo. Uh, Travis then made his way across the, the, the United States, um, starting out originally in New York City, made his way to Columbus, Ohio in an accelerator, to then Cincinnati, Ohio, to then uh, Kansas City. Uh, Techstars. Then uh, to Los Angeles. Um, and it's been a, a, obviously a long, long journey. Um, you know, we, you know, today, you know, we started out, it's all about like loans funded, how many people we're going to help. Um, today we, we are helping over, you know, 50,000 people a month. We do about, um, 20,000 loans a month. We've surpassed what everyone thought. Um, so, um, yeah, we can clap up for that. Thank yes, you. yes, 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 yes. So, so Travis, tell me what is that trajectory going to look like in the next year? 
I mean, it's been like consistent 20 to 30% month over month growth for like almost two years. Um, you know, we're, we are one of the fastest growing fintechs that most people have never heard of. Um, I think that'll change this year. Uh, we're starting to, you know, market a little bit more openly and forcefully, um, both on radio and you'll start seeing some TV later this year. But, you know, the organic halo of this business and really solving a need that so many people have, you know, 80% of our country in 2020 was waiting on $600 from the government, right? You know, food insecurity lines, miles long. And we knew that this was a problem much before, you know, COVID was a household name and people need access to capital. And by solving that need, you know, it's only become more and more prevalent, <clears throat> you know, how important the small dollar capital is. And, you know, for people who are actively looking for yield, I mean, obviously we know some of the names, the Robinhoods, the Coinbase, et cetera. Um, you know, we've, we've known people were actively looking for yield for just as long as, right? You know, we just weren't building this business yet. But what we've been able to provide is industry industry leading return. And that's been growing the business. And, and that's where we don't see any slow up. We only see ourselves continuing to, to, to fund more loans. And, you know, while our loans are definitely smaller in size, what I will say is that, you know, we're doing three to four times uh, the amount of loans that like a, a lending club is funding. Um, we're doing three to four times what they're doing on a monthly basis. So we're doing in a month, three to four times what they're actually doing on a year. Um, so, you know, that's, that's incredible. No one thought that we would get here. And um, it's really exciting to uh, prove some people wrong. So question for you. Um, there's been a lot of talk about product market fit today, and we have lots of startups here. So, you know, you guys, A, struggled to raise money. B, I think also struggled to get to the trajectory that you are today. Can you talk about what were some of those lessons of things that you were outsourcing, that you realized that you had to insource, et cetera, that helped you turn that corner that you can t suddenly put the gas on? We'll both take this one. I, I can start. Um, we shouldn't have had to get the to the trajectory that we are today to raise the amount of capital that we have. Um, that's the plight of having this skin color. I'll just be honest. And, and, and it's been really frustrating. I'll tell you that some of our counterparts who are in the space would have raised hundreds of millions of dollars with the amount of traction that we have, right? You know, we've been doing over a month, I mean, we're over a million a month in revenue. But if you look at Coinbase, we've only raised $15 million. Um, you know, that's not necessarily common. Um, with that said, you know, we're really excited about, you know, the, the continued trajectory of the business. But, you know, that's, that's been the real root of it, right? Like, I think we would be 10 times bigger if we would have got the early support um, from investors. Um, Rodney, I'll let you take it. With that said, though, um, I think the, the lack of capitalization created a, a significantly more sound business. Um, we were forced to think about unit economics significantly earlier um, in, in the company's trajectory. Uh, the example that, that is being mentioned is an example where um, it's a two-sided marketplace, essentially. There's uh, individual lenders on one side and individual borrowers on one side. And we're providing, uh, when you think about to make that happen, you have to underwrite really, really accurately. You have to be able to recover delinquent, delinquent uh, loans. And then you have to protect the marketplace. Uh, at one point in time, we probably were outsourcing pieces of all of that. Eventually, we had to bring that all in-house. So we had to bring an underwriting model that was really intelligent and learned um, via AI models and things like that. We had to bring a recovery process that has to perform better than any other recovery company in the world. Um, and then obviously we had to protect the marketplace. Think about 
a guarantee that you would see on StockX to make sure your shoe is the right shoe, right? It's those type of protection. And those things are what we brought in-house, built it all proprietary, and, and relaunched the platform, <laughs> literally less than 10 employees um, at the top of uh, 2019, uh, 2020, sorry, 2020. And, and, and essentially that's when everything took off for us. So definitely a struggle. Um, I, I would say we're challenged because the founders we are, we're challenged because lending isn't in, in all everyone's thesis. We don't use any buzzwords. I hate buzzwords, blockchain, DeFi, or any type of AI. Like you have to talk to us after about 20 minutes before we start talking about those things. Um, but the reality is like we focused on unit economics and tried to prove everything wrong. Um, we knew that we can grow. We knew that we had real product market fit regardless of the unit economics. So what's, what's the plan? Um, you're, you're in the US. Uh, is there an opportunity to go elsewhere? Uh, I, two questions. What's the plan is my first question. And then the second one is, you know, Jesse Williams was in here earlier talking about, at Flybridge, talking about community. What does community mean to your lenders? Um, so I'll actually start with the, the latter. Mm -hmm. I'll start with community first, and then that'll kind of lead to global expansion. Um, you know, community for us, right, we built a platform off of what we call the, the power of financial collaboration. Um, we always felt like people who had discretionary capital would be able to deploy it, earn significant returns, but also help people who need access to small dollar loans not be forced to either go to friends and family, which was the pain point Rodney and I originally felt, um, or they wouldn't have to go take traditional payday or title loans, which if you have any, any knowledge of that industry, it's, it's quite predatory. Um, so by allowing the profits that are actually made in our platform to go back to everyday regular people, um, we were really building a community. And you know, when you think about things such as we match loans amongst complete strangers on an average of 28 minutes. That's the equivalent of your car breaking down on the side of the road. You post a loan as a borrower with your own terms and then some stranger decides that they're gonna help you fix your car. Before the tow truck pulls up, some stranger is giving you money. Like that's community. And when, when that happens, it's a really delightful experience for the borrower who gets their funds, but it's also a much more delightful experience when that stranger actually pays you back as a lender. And when, that, when those two things happen, people will then go tell other people. And that's where the, the flywheel happens. Very similar to the way that we use Uber all, all the time as an example. You press the button, some stranger came and said, I'm willing to take you wherever you want to go. When you would go tell someone else about that experience, some people became drivers, some people became riders. And, and that's really, really powerful from a growth perspective. Um, from an expansion perspective, you know, we wanted to have an impact. And impact doesn't just mean that a kid in the South Bronx is able to put, you know, is able to eat because his mother was able to put food on the table from a loan from Solo. It's the same impact that we want to have for a little kid in Nigeria or for someone who's, you know, in Guatemala. So with that said, you know, we do have a plan to launch in at least one global um, market later this year. Uh, we're determining exactly where that will be, so I won't spoil anything just yet. Um, but we do know that, you know, if you think about the, the economics of the, of the world, there's a ton of countries that have growing middle class that is actively looking for yield, and there's a limited number of opportunity. Um, very kind of dissimilar to America, where we have a shrinking middle class and growing working class. Um, but, you know, these people actively looking for yield, we're able to provide them with a return that they just can't get anywhere else. The only thing I, I would add to from a vision standpoint, um, we started out as this marketplace and it's attracted and created a great wedge for other financial services. So within a few weeks, we will be 
um, opening up consumer deposit accounts to all of our users. Actually, all of our users are actually built on a banking uh, uh, infrastructure. So we actually have over nearly 400,000 consumer deposit accounts. Once we actually make that live, we will be the largest uh, challenger bank for underrepresented communities, but as well as everyday Americans. So. So what advice do you have for the people in the room who have been toiling away at their company for the last year or two, um, are able to scrape together a little bit of money, but um, you know, need to raise and are hitting walls? I mean, you've been there. How do, how, do you manage your, how do you manage your psyche through that, I think is the first question. And what do you think helped you get over the hump? Um, you should be a little bit excited that you know something that everyone else doesn't know, know yet. Um, if, if, you, if you use the no's as just power to, to take you to the next level, like for me, I don't internalize the word no. It'll, it'll frustrate me a little bit um, at times when you think someone gets it or they're supposed to get it and they don't. Um, but if you inter if you don't internalize it and you just use the no as a not yet, you know it'll get you through, you know some of those difficult times. Um, I, I do think that 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 has been the story of Solo. We've got a lot of no's, and we just get more resourceful. You know, we figure out other ways, right? We couldn't go get a debt instrument, so we launched an insurance platform to guarantee loans ourselves with our own cash flow. Like it's painful, but we figured it out. And when we figured it out. Everyone is just like, wow, like, wait, like, what's the debt instrument behind this insurance program that you guys have? Wait, you guys do this yourself? How did you figure that out? Um, but when your back's against the wall, you have to figure it out, right? You have to figure out how to make these things work. So, you know, for us, it, it, my only advice would just be, again, don't take a no as a not yet. Um, because when you start putting numbers on the board, people start to wake up. Yeah, I'm sure a few VCs had some personal bets that we were going to die. Um, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, no, when we go back and we're just like, hey, here's the update. They're like, you guys are still around? Like, it's like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there was times when we, we were in 2020 that we were, were talking to investors and we're literally raising for the payroll. We were raising for the payroll next week and then we would get that and then we would raise like another $100,000 for the payroll. And then we did that like six times. Christmas sucked last <laughs> 2019. It didn't, it was okay. But it, you can imagine uh, it was uncomfortable. So, uh, yeah. We never missed a payroll, though. We never missed a payroll. That is that. Never missed a payroll. Um, yeah. Double down. Focus. Execute. You know something that they don't. Um, they're actually not that bright. You're going to be the bright one. So. Yeah. And, do you, and, and, and we personally funded payroll um, a couple times before it got too big. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I mean, you know, hard, hard lesson. But I, I think it's a great example of the resilience that, you know, the, this team had and your ability to, you know, when you're, when you're struggling like that, you guys did better than anybody else at bringing on talent. Tell me how you did that. Um, I would tell you that our team today is a, is a, strong, is a strong correlation to like the mission of the business. Um, what we were selling was mission and vision. Um, we, we could not compete with LA startups and at San Francisco startups who, you know, had raised significantly more money than us. We couldn't, you know, compete with the big guys who all of a sudden post pandemic were just paying people insane amounts of money. I had an engineer leave our team. He's making like a half a million dollar uh, a year uh, at some really, really, really big company. Um, no way that we can compete with that. But, you know, for, for everyone else who's, who's largely there, you know, they're bought into the mission. 
right? They want to they build a community that empowers financial collaboration for, for all, financial autonomy for all. And that's what keeps them there, right? You know, all of them have people on LinkedIn trying to poach them and offering them more money than we can offer them. But they're really bought into to, uh, to, to the mission. Be, be true. Um, our head of engineering was the former U.S. head of engineering for TransferWise and WISE. He saw us making a, a, a plea to the U.S. Congress, um, the Financial Committee of Financial Inclusion. He saw us there. He reached out on the LinkedIn and he basically, a year before he joined, said, I'm, this is the company I want to be a part of, right? So those are the things. We're, that's, we're, we're attracting talent, not because of anything else. Well, I want to thank you guys for all your work. Um, I couldn't be more proud. Thank you, Lisa. We, we are so excited to, uh, to have you as a continued supporter. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I know Startup um, of the Year Summit is happy to have you back and are happy to be on your cap table. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Travis, Rodney, and Lisa. We'd really appreciate your uh, time and obviously some great pointers. And we're super excited to be a, a uh, investor in your Series A of solo funds. So keep up the good work. And we love that you're, your mission, you're just really out there to make an impact for the greater good. So keep doing what you're doing. All right. All right. Next up, uh, we... Oh, I should mention that if you missed any of these sessions, these were sessions that were part of our, our summit uh, you can go out on our YouTube channel and watch the entire live stream. So we live stream the whole thing. So if you didn't get a chance to be there in person, you can check it out and watch two days worth of content all for free. Just go to SOTY.link forward slash EST YouTube. Again, it's SOTY.link forward slash EST YouTube and uh, watch to your delight. All right. Thanks for listening today. Appreciate it. Hopefully you found a conversation like this uh, super helpful and you learned something. If you did, please do share it with somebody that you think might find it helpful. Sharing is caring. We believe in that. So please do so. And uh, until next time, uh, well, first off, thanks for listening. And until next time, if you have an idea and you want to get it going, please do get out there and start it up. Get it going. Get your get your iterations on. And uh, in the meantime, you could we encourage you to join our community for access to support, expert advice, and resources to elevate your startup. Simply go to startupofyear.com and apply. It's free. It takes two minutes to do it. Or go to SOTY.link forward slash apply to go directly to the application and join us today. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Good luck out there starting up and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.